Welcome to the Creative Call, a podcast by me, Brandon, and me, Sam. Today we are joined by a good friend of mine, goes by the name Simon Hurd. He is a adventure, lifestyle, and wedding photographer based in Devon. How are you doing, Si? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're more than welcome. You are more than welcome. Um, let's start off with sort of how you got into photography and videography, because you do a lot of videos as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm starting to do a bit more, bit more video stuff. But um, yeah, I guess I started out with photography quite a while back now. I think at first I kind of just was taking photos on my phone and things like that. And I think I got a GoPro about maybe like 2015 or something like that and was taking a few photos um, with that. But um, I think, yeah, it was about sort of end of 2015, I kind of started getting like, really into taking photos on my phone and things like that and my friend Dom he had a Sony a6000 and was like always pestering me like oh go on you should get one of these you should get one of these basically peer pressured me into getting a camera um but at the time I I would I discovered Chris Burkhard and um I remember just being like amazed by all the photos he was taking and I, I think I read like the read a, one of his blogs and he was saying he said he used the a6000 for some like underwater shoots and a few commercials and i was like you know if it's good enough for him it's going to be good enough for me so i ended up buying a camera and um i kind of at the time i was living in manchester with um and i was studying there and i was kind of just going around the city like taking a few photos here and there um but it was just before i went abroad so during my third year at uni, I went um, abroad to New Zealand to study for a year. And I kind of had the, when I was buying, when I bought the camera, I was like, oh, it'd be great to take out with me. And I can you know, take a few photos of you know, my travels and things like that and have something to like share with friends and family, um, you know, whilst I'm away. So, so during that year, I guess I kind of like really got into photography. We did a lot of traveling around like the North and South Islands of New Zealand. Um, and I was, yeah, just shooting, shooting all the time and like just sharing those photos with friends and family. And whilst I was out there, I, um, I joined like the Photography Society at the university. And they used to run like um, little workshops on like how to use your camera and like how to shoot travel photos or like how to um, like how to like do your exposure and how to use aperture and ISO and things like that. So I sort of learned the more technical side of photography then I guess a bit more and um, they also used to advertise little jobs so they'd have like you know small things kind of advertised on their Facebook group and you could apply and be like oh let's do this job and there was one there was one that they advertised and it was it actually turned out to be my first ever job with photography but it was like not glamorous at all I was basically um like doing the photography for a transport company's like like worker fun day like family fun day so it was just like <laughs> it was just like all all the employees of this like transport company had like this party and there was like a bouncy castle like kids were there with like face paints and stuff like that and they basically wanted a photographer to come along and capture it and like take a few photos of the um of like families and stuff so, so I went along with my little Sony A6000 and the guy looked at me, like, I don't know if you've ever seen a Sony A6000, but it's quite a small little camera. So yeah, it's like a little travel size. Yeah. The guy looked at me and was like, 
like we've bought, we paid for a photographer to come to, to shoot this to shoot our day and this kids turned up with just a little camera so he probably thought like what, what is going on um but i think it was at a time when like mirrorless cameras had just like kind of come into like the industry so no one was like really used to seeing those things well at least that's what i told myself at the time um but yeah, so I, I photographed that and sent them photos. And they were actually like quite chuffed with them, which I was surprised by. But um, So that was kind of like my first job, I guess, in photography. Although it wasn't, yeah. um, it wasn't the most exciting. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, uh, it's cool that um, sort of the, the uni had a um, photography society. Yeah. I know when I was at uni, it was more drinking society. <laughs> I wish, I wish. Um, oh, we had that too. Don't worry, back. Brandon. Yeah, that's all right. Just making sure. Um, but it would have been cool to get involved in something like that. Um, oh, yeah. And as a way of kind of finding your feet and, and connecting with, with um, other photographers, especially while you're studying as well. That would be, it would have been pretty cool. Yeah, totally. It was definitely like a, a really important part of my development i think as a photographer so big thanks to auckland photography society (laughs) they can send us the invoice (laughs) all these plugs mate we're making so much money (laughs) hope the tax man's not listening (laughs) (laughs) so sorry have you been feeling over lockdown then what have you been doing to sort of keep yourself sane have you been sort of getting out still or you what you've been doing to keep yourself sane um I guess, are we talking about lockdown round two? Or are we, we talking just in general? Lockdown one, two, and hopefully not number three. <laughs> um, I guess lockdown one was, you know, perhaps like slightly more intense than this one, I guess. Um, so during lockdown one, I kind of was working on the more sort of like admin businessy side of um, photography. Um, so for a bit of backstory, I went full-time freelance photography about September last year so this was so lockdown kind of happened about like six months into me doing that so it was i kind of just been finding my feet a little bit with it and then suddenly we're hit with global pandemic and everything is cancelled so it was a a little bit of a kind of kick in the teeth although um i think it did kind of give me the time to like sit down and focus and like reflect on where i was going and what i was doing and perhaps do some of the admin things like you know, like sort out contracts, sort out my website, like think about um, like things like media kits and stuff like that, that I hadn't really had time to properly like give my attention to. Um, mm. I spent a bit, quite a lot of time like learning online, just like from like YouTube and some from workshops and stuff. And like on a few calls with different friends and sort of people in photography. So I guess from a work perspective, it was quite slow during lockdown one. There was a few things coming on. Um, but from, I guess, from like a life sort of perspective, I just spent a lot of time outside and well, mm. I mean, we had one on our, one, like one bit of exercise each day, but you know, we made the most of that going for like a, a walk down to the beach or like up into the, up into the lanes, like behind our house. So mm. yeah. Totally. Like it's like escaping to the beach and sort of like shutting off. I can imagine that was a pretty nice spot to, to sort of just like shut away and forget all the the manic and the craziness which is happening in the world right yeah it's a beautiful yeah, uh sure. yeah i remember i seen you post recently on your story that 
you know you do prefer the coast to the mountains just so it's just nice being able to like shut off and just watch the waves roll in yeah um and i completely agree with you that with that is it's definitely a very peaceful sort of just like chilling the sounds of the beach and and just sort of being able to shut off yeah for sure i think maybe beforehand i would have been like oh no i prefer the mountains but I think the last couple of years living in Devon, I've just really started to appreciate being by the coast. And like, I don't think I would want to like live without it now. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely, I can definitely see where you're coming from. And I know Sam would agree because I've seen him try and climb up to the spring of steel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I prefer, I prefer to lay a towel and lay on the beach on Sunday and do that hike. Spend too long in Australia. That's your problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> But yeah, um, obviously we're introduced to this kind of uh, lifestyle um, adventure and obviously we mentioned weddings as well. How exactly did you kind of land your first gig with weddings? Were you kind of nervous? How did you feel about it? And is it something yeah, you kind of actively pursue and enjoy doing and that kind of thing? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so the first wedding I ever had was actually a friend asked me. It was a friend I'd met um whilst I was studying abroad, he was from Edinburgh. And then mm-hmm. um, whilst we were studying abroad, like he, had, he was like working super hard and like, we didn't really know what he was doing, but um, it was like, he was working really hard. It wasn't really coming out as much. And we realized he was saving up for an engagement ring. And he came back to um, Scotland and he proposed to his girlfriend and obviously she said yes. And then he sent me a message and was like, oh, we'd love you to do the photos and um, video for our wedding. And like, I was like, oh, I've never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a bit scary, but like, sure, I'll give it a go. Like, I'll, I'll try my best. Um, like they knew I hadn't done it before. And like, um, but I think like I'd taken quite a few pictures of like Sean, the guy, the, the groom. And I think yeah. he kind of felt comfortable like being in front of the camera with me and stuff. So I think it was kind of having that connection, that relationship first kind of made it an easy an yeah. easier thing to do like I wasn't going into someone I had no idea who they were and like what they were about and everything so it was kind of like it was it was an easier way in I think to do it and um yeah so I did the photo and film for for um for that wedding and my friend Dom helped me out on that um and I think it was like a little bit stressful and like I think just figuring out the logistics of it like going in blind being like oh how do you photograph a wedding um or how do you film a wedding and I think it was definitely a big like learning curve to kind of figure out how to do that. But like, I did really enjoy it at the end of the day. And yeah, I sent them after I sent them the film, um, they sent me a video message and they were both in tears and they were like, like, Oh my, like Simon, this is amazing. Like, thank you so much. Like we weren't expecting this. Like you've made some, you've captured something incredible for us and we're going to be able to cherish that forever. And then, I think after that point, I was like, yeah, this is this is like something that's really valuable and something I really enjoy and get a lot of sort of satisfaction out of. Yeah, it definitely sounds really rewarding. Um, and it does sound like you, you sort of fell on your feet, so to speak, like you, you got in kind of that way. Um, but obviously it would, I, I, I know personally, I'd, I'd be absolutely bricking it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to shoot someone's wedding, 100%. Um, how did you find sort of did you do anything to kind of deal with the fact that you were potentially 
photographing the biggest moment of someone's life and was there any like sort of that pressure of what happens if I do screw it up or did you kind of try and block that out with your mind and just power through it I mean I guess you are always you do always think that like uh, what happens if my camera breaks or what happens if my card corrupts or I don't know I miss something or you know but um I guess the, the first ever one I did it was for a friend I didn't charge them anything like there yeah. was no there was no expectation really like I was going to capture something and realistically if I as long as I've got some photos and some video of their day like that's that's something isn't it and like yeah. it's I don't know I think you can set unnecessary like unnecessarily high expectations for yourself but at the end of the day mm-hmm. you're going to be there and there's gonna be something beautiful happening in front of you you've just got to be there to capture it and I think you don't need to overthink it as much as yeah um, that 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 makes sense. I know Sam was saying, um, obviously, the way our bromance is going, he was thinking of getting down on one knee or two, weren't you, Sam? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'd be the person capturing that. So I was just wondering if you could shoot our elopement. Possible. Yeah, I'd love to. I would love so to. just just stick it in the diary. Um, <laughs> 20, 2022. Yeah. <laughs> just need to start fanning it all don't we we need to get the guests we need to make sure that it's not going to be cancelled because of lockdown but that's hilarious <laughs> and then if we get divorced someone needs to take ownership of the podcast <laughs> i'll step in don't you work <laughs> <laughs> but sorry um let's touch on your filmmaking because you like you've started to do quite a few films for some quite big brands and you also do your filmmaking for your weddings. Um, sort of like, how did, how did that come about? Did you sort of teach yourself how to do video and then sort of trial and error or like, how, how did you start getting into videography? Um, I, yeah. I mean, to answer the first question, I, I taught myself, I didn't really have any sort of training. And I think because of that, it probably took me a while to kind of figure out the nuts and bolts of it all. And I'm definitely still learning. I'm, I would say I'm probably a beginner filmmaker at this point still. Um, mm. But yeah, the first video I, I made was uh, like a little travel video when we were in um, in Australia. That was the first thing I made. And it was pretty terrible, to be honest. Like, <laughs> it was it was just a random, like, eclectic mix of clips I took during, during our travels. And like, I filmed, uh, so for anyone listening that is a filmmaker, they will cringe at this, this, at what I'm about to say, but I filmed everything at, at 25 frames per second and then proceeded to slow that footage down. So it was like choppy, but I wanted slow-mo in my film. So I just did that. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so I, the, the first wedding I did, I mentioned, um, I did film for that as well. And I think I realized at that point that I could, have a bigger impact on the viewer by through a film like emotionally or just like how it would move someone and I think that really motivated me to kind of learn a bit more about it like how I could use that more in both my photography both my sort of adventure lifestyle business and then in the weddings as well Um, because I think it is it is an inherently more difficult like thing than photography um, mm-hmm. not to put photography down at all in any way because it is obviously a great art form but I think there's a lot more moving parts in video like you've got to think about your audio you've got to think about like your gear there's got a lot more elements in your gear potentially that you've got to think about 
Um, mm. So it's definitely a harder thing and something that has definitely been more expensive <laughs> in terms of like yeah. trying to figure it all out and get the right the right equipment and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, go on. Uh, I think I forgot what I was going to say. Now. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible host! <laughs> but it is. What I was going to say was, I noticed that you've recently kind of jumped on the the vlogs and, and yeah. um, the the YouTube. How, how are you YouTube. finding that? Are you enjoying sort of doing that alongside everything else you're getting up to as well? I think like I'm I'm an awkward person in all honesty. Like I'm not very good in front of camera and like things like a podcast do like kind of scare me. But I think I need to push past that like barrier of like sort of anxiety and just just do it. And I think with yeah. with YouTube, it kind of just like pushes me to practice my filmmaking practice like telling trying to tell a story and like I think just like trying to hone my skills as a filmmaker because I'm like to with my photography like I would just go out and shoot and practice and repeat and like I think with filmmaking you need to do the same thing but it's sometimes you feel like it's harder because there's you don't have someone to film or a story to tell but if you just tell your own you've got an infinite amount of stories that you can tell and like I think that's kind of the motivation with the YouTube is to be like, right, every time I go out or if I've got something interesting I want to talk about, I'm just going to make a film about it because it's going to, like, first of all, it's going to help me practice my filmmaking for something down Mm -hmm. the line. And second of all, I think it's just like, it's a good thing to do. Like in this day and age where a lot of the connections or work that we get that comes through social media, I think YouTube is a really powerful platform and I just kind of want to get on it, I think. Yeah. And I think it also lets you kind of give back and lets people that obviously follow you and your journey and your photography, um, it lets them see a little bit more of, of sort of what's behind the camera and you as sort of a person as well, instead of just like your work, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. I've also noticed like, Sai, when you're, when you're shooting like a project or um, and, like a, a commercial job as such, where like, me and you have been out together and we're we're shooting together like i can tell that you've in the back of your head you've got this video mindset of when you're shooting a project you can see that the photos you're taking are like telling a story in the fact that like that the photos you're taking you can imagine it in a video it's like okay like we shoot a project of someone going down to the beach right but like the photo is not someone on the beach it's the journey to the beach getting out the car all the little moments in between you can tell that you've got that storytelling mindset of like thinking okay how how am I going to tell a story but this time through photography and not videography um and it is a great skill to have and, and you do well you've taught me a lot mate we've been on so many trips and you've taught me an incredible amount of knowledge with photography and really knowing how to execute shoots and stuff so I can't thank you enough Sai. oh mate <laughs> <laughs> you're too kind I can fire that straight back at you mate and be like yeah. I've learned so much from going out and stuff with you so um that's right back at you but thank oh. you for the kind words. That's very nice. There's so much bromance going on. Oh, I'm loving it. Yeah, mate, maybe I'll pop down at one knee first, Brandon, and then beat it. Yeah. <laughs> it's socially acceptable to have a trio relationship. You know? It's true. Like, it's... <laughs> um, Breaking all barriers on this podcast. <laughs> um, Sai, talk to us about some memorable moments that you've had with photography or, like, I don't know, like trips and stuff like that. Is there any trips that... If I said to you, Sai, what's been like your favorite trip? 
um yeah what is it like talk to us um it's a hard one uh i feel like we've had some really epic memorable times um but maybe not all of them Mm. are podcast friendly (laughs) 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 um i think probably the thing that sticks out to me is last last year in september uh, me and my friend Dom, we walked the TMB, which is the Tour de Mont Blanc, which is a, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but it's like a 120 mile walk around the Mont Blanc Massive. It goes from, starts in Chamonix in France and goes into, well, it depends which way around you go, but we went into Switzerland and then over into um, Italy and then back into France all around the Mont Blanc Massive. And I was like, it was a really like hard slog we we did it self-supported so we carried like all our tents and gear and food and stuff and um there was a lot of ascent i think one of the days we did like 30 30 k or something and then like two and a half k ascent and (laughs) it was it was we were we were dead like one of on the second day the second day was our longest day and we got to the top of this coal um so we'd been up and down three three valleys I think by this point and we were up, off, up on the last coal about to descend into Switzerland and the sun had been like blazing hot like all afternoon and I was feeling pretty rough and I got to the top of this coal and I was just like Dom I'm gonna be sick <laughs> like <laughs> you need to take my bag like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sick and just like <laughs> yeah it was it was it, <laughs> it wasn't very pleasant thereafter and um dom and i were trying to make our way down this down this mountain at like you know the, the light was fading it must have been like eight o'clock by this point and like it was getting dark and i couldn't carry my bag i was so weak so dom was carrying these two like heavy packs and like obviously in my bag i had all my heavy camera equipment and stuff <laughs> like dom was trying to carry down the mountain um <laughs> But yeah, so that was that was like a tough time. But um, on that trip, we had some pretty amazing like conditions. And on our first night, we um, we camped near Lac Blanc, which is um, that's probably a terrible pronunciation. Um, but we camped we camped up there, and from there you get an incredible view across to the Mont Blanc Massive, and the lake was like completely calm, and the reflection was unreal. Like it was. It, I, we were just like mind boggled like seeing it happen and the sun the sun was like slowly setting and there was just like amazing sunset on the peaks behind the lake that was um being reflected and we just we just sat there watching it and it was just like just, yeah i think those are probably the best photos i've ever taken and that moment combined with how physically hard that trip was kind of i don't know that makes that a special special trip for me kind of like pays off doesn't it when something like that happens yeah um i guess by the time people listen to this podcast when it's posted on wednesday uh so i posted a photo um recently of the the exact moment he was just talking about um and do you know what i love about the photo it's really nice with the reflections right but then the sky where it's lit up like pink and you can see the trail of like a plane which has gone over and then it's all like reflected in the water as well, mate. It's it's unbelievable. It's Thanks, such mate. a such a great shot, um, and blows me away. 
So that's, I think that's definitely one of my my favourite shots that you've you've ever taken for sure. I'd agree on that. I yeah. definitely agree. Cheers, guys. It's a it's an absolute sizzler. As we like to say. <laughs> <laughs> Certified banger. <laughs> yeah, that's that's epic. And with the story that you've just told, it definitely it definitely lets you enter the adventure puppy stage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Been upgraded from an adventure to an adventure puppy. <laughs> Uh, that's that's truly epic, Sai. What what an amazing hike as well. It makes me and Brandon like we've mentioned the Ring of Steel a couple of times now, but it really makes us seem like we're we're, we're absolute wet wipes in comparison to to what you've you've done. I mean, there. I mean, talk speak for yourself, man. Oh yeah, to be honest, it, it was me slacking. Though. No, Sam, I think you were me in that situation. You were the one being sick, and Brandon was paranoid. Yeah, I was, I was struggling. Brandon was flying up, mate. I was like, oh, Brandon, we have to take another minute. I had the hiking poles and everything, but yeah, I, I don't know what was up with me that day. I was, I was struggling. All this lockdown weight. My legs are like, what is going on? But that's all right. I'm uh, shedding off by the day at the moment. Getting myself fit again, ready for the winter. Yeah, mate. I've seen you in your in your little home gym, working out with Dave. Yeah. Yeah, Dave the dog and my little brother. Yeah, but luckily we've got that because um, you definitely need to make you, you just need to be productive during lockdown, working out, getting out, hiking or like just around local places and yeah, stuff. You just absolutely. really need to get out because otherwise I'm seeing the same screen every day. And yeah, you know, though it's nice being around family because I've actually just moved back home from Scotland. Um, although it's nice being around family, it's also like I, I need to keep active and keep my brain stimulated. Otherwise, I'll lose my mind. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely like a really important time to be making the most of getting outside and being active and all those things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think we've covered quite a few things on the podcast, but Sai, is there is there anything that you would like to to mention? Uh, I don't know. Um, I'll just say I'm really enjoying it so far, guys. Like, I think you guys have done a great job, and it's definitely a well-needed podcast. So thank you both. Uh, That's oh, really kind. Cheers, man. Appreciate but that. We should also mention that Sai, I remember me and Brandon released our first episode of the podcast. Sai, obviously, like I told Sai since we recorded it, we're like, oh, me and Brandon's recorded this podcast. And so <laughs> you messaged me back and was like, mate, what on earth? Like. I was literally about to do the same thing. <laughs> so uh, it's just like, I think great minds think alike. Yeah, mate. Um, yeah. It's, um, it's just really nice being able to talk to other creatives. Um, and we started as a bit of like a, me and Brandon were like, oh, should we start a podcast? And then that evening we just recorded it and released it straight away. <laughs> one take one take just recording on my airpods um and then i soon realized that i needed a proper mic so now i've got like some what's it called brandon this mic uh it's a razor kragen gaming headset (laughs) i literally feel like i'm about to uh, about to announce like the takeoff of a 747 (laughs) (laughs) sam was just like what what are you what are you wearing what are you uh using and i was like oh just one of these <laughs> and, then, and then my mic was too close to my mouth, and he was like, "Oh, this reminds us of the Xbox days when you had a mouth breather." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's breathing down the mic? <laughs> and now we're just a pair of like massive headset gamer geeks recording podcasts. And, and this is why we're doing our video because we're just, we've got we've got faces for radio. <laughs> oh, it's, 
it would definitely be funny to show people like how we record these podcasts because it well, is funny. You speak for yourself, but I'm sitting here in my dressing gown. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no one wants to see that. No, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think we should I think we should wrap up there. Yeah, um, man. I think sounds... it's been a great podcast. Yeah, sounds actually. good. Thanks for coming on. No Simon. worries at all. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a it's been a great time. You guys are the best. So thank you. Uh, you're welcome, Sai. No worries. Take care. And thanks for everyone who's tuned in and listened and continues to support the podcast. We really appreciate it. Right. Take care, guys. Have a good evening.